Let's uh, get started. Uh, let's gather together again. Um, so I told most of you people, most of you, that I had uh, back surgery last week. Um, it's my recovery's been going relatively well. Um, so I'm gonna show you what I'm wearing underneath my shirt. I'm not gonna flash you, okay? I'm not gonna do Girls Gone Wild. But uh, yeah, you can see I'm wearing a back brace. It just makes me look like I have more of a dad bod with my when I have a shirt on, right? But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have to wear this all the time whenever I'm not like lying down or, or resting. Whenever I'm moving, I always have to wear this. I and uh, I'm also very limited in my physical activity, so I have to. Uh, I can't exercise at all. Um, I used to try to exercise like a, a few times a week before. I can't do any of that. I can't do stretching, okay? And I can't do any heavy lifting. So since my surgery last Tuesday, I, I, I've been finding myself being very uh, lazy <laughs> and I've been eating a lot. <laughs> I, mean, I think part of it is like stress eating. I've been um, drinking a little bit more than usual, admittedly. <laughs> and uh, I've been just consuming a lot of entertainment. So just like in general, I feel like I've just been like consuming a lot more. And I've been um, drifting into becoming more of a consumer and just kind of conforming to uh, the way maybe uh, most other people live. Um, just conforming to society. And I was thinking about this these past few days as I was sharing what I can, what, when I was thinking about what I could share with you all, and I realized that when left to our own devices, people naturally drift into conformity. Okay? Uh, when left to our own devices, people naturally drift into conformity with culture. Spiritual growth, on the other hand, does not naturally happen. Okay, maybe a, a lot of us think uh, because we are spiritual people, if we're just kind of left alone and like left to our own devices, we will grow and we will mature naturally. That does not happen, especially in our spirit. Spiritual growth uh, takes a lot of time, it takes effort, and it takes uh, focus, intentionality. It takes time, effort, and focus. So when we're left to our own devices, everyone will naturally drift into conformity with culture. Now, what's so wrong with that? Is there something wrong with being conformed to culture? Uh, I would argue absolutely there is something wrong with being conformed to culture because our culture, if, you are, if we're really honest about it, our culture especially in Los Angeles, okay? Especially in greater LA County is self-absorbed, superficial, and selfish. Our culture, especially in Los Angeles, is self-absorbed, superficial, and selfish, okay? Let's just talk a little bit about how self-absorbed our culture is, okay? Um, this little device in our pockets constantly encourages us to be self-absorbed, okay? And it actually encourages us and, and uh, rewards us for being self-absorbed. The more posts that you make, uh, the more uh, 
the more your the social media algorithms will push your content to the front and most social media that people are pushing is about themselves right social media is all about advertising and promoting yourself some people's instagram facebook and tiktok's accounts are more obvious about promoting and advertising themselves than others because some people's feeds are literally all selfies, right? And I'm not exaggerating, right? Some people's like social media feeds are literally all selfies, especially if they're a young, cute girl. <laughs> Those are the social media uh, accounts that get like that blow up. Okay. And they're, and they're all typically, they're all selfies and our, 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 our culture is constantly pushing you and encouraging you to be more self-absorbed. Not only that, our culture, especially in Los Angeles, especially in greater LA, uh, is very superficial. We are obsessed with our image and our appearance, probably more than any other city in the world, okay? Um, well, maybe Seoul, South Korea might be a little bit worse. <laughs> Uh, but LA is pretty up there in terms of like superficial cities. Um, and, and I'm not just talking about your, like your physical appearance. Okay. Yes, absolutely. I'm talking about your physical appearance, but I'm, I'm also talking about your image in the sense of your reputation. For example, uh, you don't necessarily need to be a good person. You just have to have the image of being a good person in LA. Uh, a couple uh, examples of this in recent news is uh, someone like um, Matt Lauer. You guys remember Matt Lauer, the news anchor? Okay. Uh, when the news of uh, Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein came out that he was harassing and uh, abusing so many women in the industry, Matt Lauer was very vocal uh, about being adamantly against it and like talking all this trash about Harvey Weinstein, right? And then interviewing certain people and asking victims about their experiences. And he seemed like such an empathetic person. And then a couple months later, news broke out that Matt Lauer has been harassing women in NBC News for years, right? And he just got like, and he was hiding it just a little bit better <laughs> than Harvey Weinstein was. Uh, another example is, um, <laughs> the talk show host the wildly successful and famous talk show host ellen i still don't have any idea if she's a good person or not can anyone tell me does anyone know is she a good person <laughs> i don't know i'm hearing mixed things okay um people who work closely with her have come out and said no she is abusive she is uh, manip manipulative and uh, other people say no she's a great person she dances so well <laughs> and then um uh, and one example that's kind of like close to my heart is um, churches, okay? There are some churches out there that have the image of being like a good church that's for like social justice and things like that. So last year when George Floyd was murdered, there were many churches that came out right away immediately and joined the protests, joined the rallies, you know, uh, speaking against um, uh, these acts of senseless violence, but there are many more churches that remain quiet and silent for months until they face so much pressure from their church members, 
saying how could you be silent about these issues? And finally, after like months after George Floyd was murdered, they finally said something about it. Now, and the, the other thing about our culture is that our culture is selfish. Okay? Our culture is selfish. One specific example I'll give you is um, generosity. Okay? Generosity is not something that is valued as much as it was with previous generations. Okay? Um, I've been in ministry for a long time, full-time ministry for a long time, and uh, I feel strongly called to reach out to uh, young adults, okay, people, millennials, uh, or, you know, because I feel like young adults are often neglected in uh, the spiritual world. But one weakness, or one thing that young adults uh, are lacking, to be completely honest, is generosity. Okay, we are not nearly as generous as the previous generations. I'll give you one example, okay? Um, I'm a chaplain at a hospital in Glendale. Uh, I've been the chaplain for like uh, half a year now at this hospital. And there is this older gentleman at the hospital who requested to, uh, a, a visit from the chaplain, okay? And when I went up to see him, I, I recognized him right away, even though he was wearing a mask. I recognized him right away because I visited him two times before, okay? He constantly comes back to the hospital because he has this reoccurring condition. And he seemed very distraught, okay? More than usual, uh, more than I've seen him previously. And as soon as he saw me, he recognized me. He's like, Pastor Al, because he also remembered that I was a pastor of a church. Uh, he's this older gentleman in his 70s, and he seemed really distraught. And it sounded like he wanted to give some sort of confession. So uh, he asked me to sit down, and I knew it was going to be a longer visit. And he's like, Al, uh, something's really bothering me, and I need to just like get it off my chest. I was like, okay, okay, what's wrong? Uh, and he said, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm, if I'm doing enough for God. And I was like, what do you mean? And, he's, and he listed all of these different charities that he's giving his money to, right? And he's been retired for many years now, and then he, he told me how much he lives off of in a month, right? And he gives half of that away. He gives half of that away to these various charities, okay? And, uh, he, and he leaves half of it for himself to live off of. And, after, and I was like, wow, that's really admirable. And with tears in his eyes, with tears in his eyes, he asked me, am I giving away enough money? He's literally giving away half of what he lives off of every month. And this is like not chump change, okay? He gives away a lot. And I was like, yes, this, you're giving away enough money. And this is the kind of heart that many previous generations have, is this heart of generosity. And I feel like that's, some, that's a value that's been lost over the years with our culture. These are some of the things that, and these are just like three examples that I'm giving you. Our culture is self-absorbed, superficial, and selfish. And these are the things that make our culture toxic. Our culture tends to lean towards being toxic because uh, we are fueled by consumerism, capitalism, and individualism. Okay, we are fueled by consumerism, capitalism, 
and individualism. And this is why we need to resist conformity to culture. It's very, very difficult to do this alone, and this is exactly why the church exists. We exist to encourage each other, equip ourselves, and empower one another towards selflessness, deeper relationships, and loving others. A person who is conformed to culture is, tends to lean towards being self-absorbed, superficial, and selfish, but a person who is transformed in spirit and mind strives for selflessness, deeper relationships, and loving others. The church is the best solution for resisting conformity to culture, okay? The church is the best solution for resisting conformity to culture, and I truly believe this, okay? We're not, it's, we can't rely on humanity in and of itself to save the world because human beings are naturally self-absorbed, superficial, and selfish. So we need the church to encourage each other and, and, and empower each other towards becoming more and more transformed in spirit and mind. Now the word church, when this ch word church first existed in the first century, okay, it wasn't a religious term. I don't know how many of you are familiar with this, okay, but the Greek word for church is uh, ecclesia, okay, and the government, the Roman government, attributed this word to the church because they didn't know what else to call it. Okay, when they thought about like Jews who were this religious group who met in temples, all right, and followed all of these like strict uh, Jewish rules, they knew very clearly who they were, all right? And when they thought about like pagans who went to the Greek temples and worshiped many gods and made these like sacrifices to these pagan gods, they knew who they were. But Christians, they didn't know what to do with them. Okay, they didn't know what category to put them. And so they called them Ecclesia. And the word Ecclesia was not a religious word in nature. It was a social political movement because they would gather in people's homes. They would share their possessions mutually with each other. Okay, and, and they would be uh, giving of themselves selflessly. And even when their lives were threatened for practicing their faith, they would become martyrs. And so they didn't really know what else to call it except to call it Ecclesia, which was a social political movement. And so we meet in this office, not in a church building, because it doesn't really matter where we meet. Okay, we don't have to meet in a church building for us to be a church because church uh, at its very core is a social political movement. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. Okay, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. If you don't have uh, a Bible or an app, you could go ahead and uh, just listen in. And I'll, I'll read it for us today. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. 
do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophecy, let him use it to his faith. If it is serving, let her serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let her encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let her give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let her do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Amen. Amen. All right, so this is a kind of a densely packed passage. Okay, and it starts off by saying in verse 1, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Okay, the person who is writing this letter uh, is Apostle Paul. And he is afraid to go to the city of Rome because uh, as soon as he steps one foot in the city of Rome, he will be arrested and tortured and most likely executed for being a missionary and for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, in that city. And so he is writing the city to the church in the city of Rome, or Rome this, which is why it's called Romans, okay? And most of the people in this church uh, come from Jewish backgrounds. And so this is why he starts off chapter 12 by saying, make, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, okay? Jews, uh, prior to the first century, they would go to temple and they would actually bring an animal sacrifice that they would kill to atone for their sins. And sometimes uh, it, they would bring like a small animal if they didn't do that much bad stuff, okay, like a pigeon or a dove, all right, and sacrifice that animal. But if they bring a big animal, you know they did something shady that week, okay? If someone's bringing like an ox to the temple, you're like, oh boy, what did you do? <laughs> Who did you kill? All right, <laughs> Who did you murder? Okay. And so, um, you know, Jews had to do this regularly. Now, I don't know if they did this every week, probably not every week, okay, but they did this semi-regularly, okay? Now, for Jews who became Christian, Paul is saying, you don't have to do that anymore, okay? And, and instead, you yourself are a living sacrifice. Before, you used to bring dead sacrifices to God, okay, these dead animals. But now you yourself are a living sacrifice. And, and Paul is encouraging his people, uh, the, the Christians who are in the city of Rome, 
to offer themselves and, and to live in this way, okay, to give up of themselves, like to share their possessions, okay, to serve one another, to practice hospitality, to love each other sincerely. And this is how we make sacrifices moving forward. And one of the reasons why I love um, being pastor here, okay, at this church, even though we're a small church plant, is that most of you are relatively young, okay? A lot of people wait until they're kind of twilight years, until they're much older, to give their lives to God, right? And they, they're, the best years are behind them, and they kind of uh, have waited way too long to give themselves up to God. And so since most of you are still relatively young, I'm so encouraged by the fact that you yourselves are giving your lives to God at a young age. And this is what it looks like to be a living sacrifice. Okay, so the, the best way, uh, the first way that we can be transformed people as opposed to conformed people is to be contributors to society. Okay, transformed people are contributors to society. And if you uh, look at your bulletins, um, that's like the first main point for today's message. Uh, conformed people generally consume far more than they contribute. Okay? Conformed people generally consume far more than they contribute. Transformed people, on the other hand, generally contribute far more than they consume. Transformed people generally contribute more than they consume. As I was thinking about this um, today, I, I remember this scene in that movie, um, Matrix. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a pretty old movie now, but do you guys remember the movie Matrix? Yeah? And uh, there's this one scene where Agent Smith, he's like the main bad guy, right, uh, is talking to Neo. No, he's talking to Morpheus, right? And then uh, Morpheus was like Neo's guide, and Morpheus was all tied up, and he, he was being tortured, right? And Agent Smith was trying to get some information out of him. And uh, he was talking to Morpheus, and he said, I was trying to categorize you human beings because you're not mammals. You're not even animals because animals contribute back to the earth, right? They, they eat, they uh, reproduce, and then they die, and their body becomes soil, which becomes plants, right? But human beings don't even do that. Human beings consume, consume, consume of all of its natural of all of the Earth's natural resources until they've depleted that area and then they move on. And then he said, human beings are a virus, right? And he said, human beings are a plague and we're the cure. Do you guys remember that scene? Yeah, you guys remember that scene? And I was thinking like, oh my God, he's a bad guy, but I cannot agree with him more, right? He is so spot on. I mean, this is what we do as human beings. We consume, consume, consume until we use up all the natural resources and then we move on, right? We just use and abuse this planet, each other, <laughs> right? And, and, and until, until we move on. That's what it means. That's what it looks like to be a person who is conformed to culture. Because naturally, that's what everyone will do. But a person who is transformed will generally contribute far more than they consume. 
um, my son Drew, right there. He's gonna start uh, kindergarten soon. Uh, a few months ago, he graduated from preschool, and uh, on his last day of preschool, I uh, they had like a little mini preschool ceremony, a little graduation, and uh, the teachers at his preschool knew that I play guitar and I sing because I've played for his class in the past, and um, they asked me to like lead a few songs, and so I was happy to help. And so I learned a few simple songs on the guitar, like kid songs, and uh, I, I taught it to the kids as I was like singing it with them. And this was maybe like third time or fourth time that I did this for his school, his preschool. And uh, I was telling my friends about this, okay? Uh, I, was, uh, I was like sharing with this with my friends one day. Um, I, I get together with my friends every once in a while. We uh, smoke cigars and we like make fun of each other. We talk crap about each other. And um, th these are like childhood friends that I had, right? And as I was sharing with them like, oh, it was so fun, like, you know, uh, singing and playing guitar for uh, this, this school. And um, one of my friends asked, did they pay you for it? And I said, no, I, I volunteered. And he said, that's such a waste of time. <laughs> he, he's, he's not a parent, uh, obviously, okay. And I, uh, <laughs> I was like so, I was, I was kind of annoyed, you know, that he said that. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, but that's pretty typical of like, I think most people would agree with him that it, it is a waste of time, that I was just doing this, like volunteering my time and just like generously giving back to his school, okay? Who has given so much to him, by the way, okay? Uh, so transformed people are generally contributors while conformed people are, are generally consumers. The other thing about transformed people is that transformed people are collaborators, okay? Transformed people are collaborators. Uh, like I shared earlier, if left to our own devices, uh, people generally drift into uh, being self-absorbed, superficial, or selfish, okay? In other words, we generally drift into consumerism, and this is definitely the case in church as well, okay? I hope that our church does not become like one of the other churches where it kind of feels like you're going to a concert, right? Many people go to church thinking that they're just going to consume and not give anything, right? Uh, a lot of what motivates many people to go to church is that like uh, they want to feel good. <laughs> they want to feel good, right? They want to go and hear uh, amazing music, right? And, and listen to a really inspirational, entertaining message and, and go home. And that's really like a consumer mentality, right? It's, it's really not that different from going to a concert, going to a concert of like one of your favorite bands and being entertained for like an hour or a couple hours and then just going back home. And, but the problem with this is that um, if we treat even our own faith as consumers, we kind of act like customers, right? And then customers, and, and you know when someone is a customer because they criticize far more than they contribute, okay? Have you ever heard anyone like criticize church like a way people criticize movies? 
Like, uh, oh, that music was not quite to my liking. Hmm. <laughs> or, uh, or maybe they, they uh, criticize church like the way they criticize food, okay? Like a sermon. They're like, hmm, that uh, sermon was a little too sugar-coated today. It was a little too sweet. Or it was a little too bitter, right? That sermon was a way too bitter for my taste. Um, as customers, we can't help but criticize the things we consume. And we don't have any intention of making that thing better, right? We don't go to a restaurant and criticize the food. And if we don't like it, it's not like, I'm going to go in the kitchen. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna make this dish better, okay? But that's exactly what we do in many church settings, is that we just criticize, we critique, we like talk trash, and, but we don't have any intention of trying to make this community better. I think the verse that really captures uh, this truth well is uh, verse two of today's passage. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, this world has a pattern. The society that we live in has a repeating pattern. And if we're not mindful of it, we will naturally fall into the pattern that everyone else follows, that everyone else does. That is why uh, we need to be intentional and focused on being transformed and spiritually growing. And we do this by creating healthy habits of our own. Okay, what are certain habits that will help you be uh, sp spiritually mature? Okay, for me, like church is definitely a part of it. It, it always has been for many, many years because individually, when I'm not surrounded by other like-minded believers who can encourage me, whom I can share my struggles with, who can keep me accountable, if I'm just left on my own, I will naturally drift into selfishness and being superficial. I'm just being honest, okay? And so when people say, I could be a Christian without going to church, that is BS, <laughs> okay? You could be a Christian and not go to church just like someone could be a student and not go to school, or that you could be an athlete without ever stepping foot in a gym or a soccer field, <laughs> okay? Uh, church exists to actually help you be a stronger follower of Christ. The other things that I do that help me grow in my faith is journaling, okay? And that is something I do individually where I like write down my prayer and I try to make this a regular habit, okay? So I'm creating my own patterns and one thing that I haven't done in a while that I want to get back into is solitude, okay? That's been kind of hard lately, especially since COVID hit a year and a half ago. But solid, uh, solitude is very, very important where I just go on a walk by myself, not listening to anything, not listening to music or a podcast, okay? Just walking in silence, uh, which is for like a couple hours, which is very, very hard the first few times. <laughs> Okay, your mind will race, okay, you're going to have all these kind of crazy thoughts, and you're not going to be able to, like, settle down, but you have to keep doing it, and eventually you get to this really calm place of peace, and you could connect with God in this new way that uh, is kind of irreplaceable. Lastly, and this is connected to being a collaborator, is that transform people 
are co-laborers in Christ. Transformed people are no longer interested primarily in their own selfish needs. Okay, they are primarily interested in what God wants for them in their lives. Okay? Conformed people are, like I said, self-absorbed, and so they're really like ego-motivated. Transformed people are motivated primarily by the direction that God gives to them. Now, one of the things that uh, I noticed about verse 2, the second half of verse 2 is that it says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, the word test, when I first read that, I was thinking of like a school exam, you know, like taking a test or something like that, and in a way of like proving yourself, okay? This is why we take exams in school, right? Is that you have to prove how much you know. You have to prove how much you study. But this is actually not what this word means, okay? Test. The word test means to examine or research, okay? It's not like an exam where they're examining you or where God is examining you. You are examining your own faith. You are the one doing the researching. You are the one doing the examining. This is why it follows up with the word approve. What it's ultimately saying is you've lived your selfish life, okay? You, you know what it's like to be selfish. You know what it's like to conform to culture. But try this instead. Be transformed. Follow God's will for your life. Live selflessly. Live generously. Live in uh, hospitality. Love sincerely, okay? Follow the will of God. And you test and approve whether it's the better way to live. Okay, and so Apostle Paul, like, you have to remember who is the person writing this, okay? It's Apostle Paul. He came from this rich, highly educated, elite uh, social status background, all right? That, that was his whole life. And then he became a follower of Christ as an adult, and he walked away from all of that. And he has been imprisoned. He has been shipwrecked. He has been tortured. Okay, and ultimately, he died a martyr's death. And he himself is saying that this life is far better than being a consumer, to being a, a product of culture, of be, a living selfishly. Faith in God is a very perplexing, complex, and paradoxical practice. We strive to be obedient even when we don't want to. We go against many of our natural inclinations, and we exercise a great deal of discipline and self-denial in order to become more like Jesus. Yet it is precisely when we obey, when we follow God's ways instead of our own, when we deny our natural selfish ambition and strive to be more like Jesus is when we truly experience that life of joy, peace, and love. Um, a couple years ago, uh, before my son 
started preschool. Um, uh, before that, he was being watched by uh, a nanny like a few days a week. And uh, she actually came here once a, a couple weeks ago to help watch our kids. Her, her name is Grace. Uh, we all lovingly call her Grace Emo, which is Auntie Grace. And uh, when Drew was starting preschool, and uh, Grace was, uh, she was getting busier because she was studying to be a nurse at the time, uh, and she was pursuing nursing. We knew that she was not gonna come over anymore and be Drew's nanny, and so we wanted to give her a nice like thank you gift. And so we uh, asked her daughter, Grace's daughter, uh, what she would appreciate, and um, she said uh, she always wanted a really nice Dutch oven. Okay, there's this like brand of this like pot, this like ceramic Dutch oven called Le Crusette, which is really nice. Um, it's kind of pricey, but you know, uh, we were happy to buy it for her. And so we got it for her. And, and as soon as we gave it to her, she, uh, she was like so excited. But the weird thing about this is that like she was really excited to get this Dutch oven uh, pot because she was excited to make yummy meals for her family. And this is the kind of woman that she is. Okay, she was excited for this gift so that she could keep giving this like food to her loved ones. Okay, and that's the kind of person that she is. And when I look at someone like Grace, okay, she is like this wonderful, godly, sweet woman, but she also is like one of the happiest, <laughs> joyful, most peaceful, most content women that I have ever met. And I can't help but think it is precisely because she is selfless and generous and kind that gives her her joy and her peace. And when I grow up, I want to be like Grace Emo. <laughs> and I hope that uh, you all will too. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the life of love that you lived. We thank you so much for modeling for us what it means to be selfless, generous, and have deep relationships. Lord, we don't want to conform to this toxic culture that we live in. Lord, but we want to be transformed in spirit and mind so that we could become more and more like you. Lord, we thank you, we love you. And we pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Uh, please finish off those baked goods, okay? Um, if you don't, then I'm just going to eat it all, and I'm just going to get fatter. So uh, please uh, take some, and take some coffee with you, too. Uh, and uh, we'll see you here next week, and, and stick around next week for our town hall meeting. <laughs>